Hey folks, it's Jeff Desiato back with another episode of the Real Person, Real Needs podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Really excited. The last episode where we talked about pursuing your dreams uh, means saying goodbye to lesser pursuits was the fastest downloaded episode thus far. So I'm thankful for all of you who've shared it and spread the word about it. And for those of you that continue to subscribe, I really appreciate that. And I'd love to hear from you. You can always email me at jeff at realpersonrealneeds.com. And again, my name is Jeff with a G, so it's G-E-O-F-F at realpersonrealneeds.com. I'm excited to have our second guest on the podcast today, Susan Hirano uh, of Stage the Day, Staging by Susan, is here. Um, We met in in, uh, the real estate field, obviously, as I joined uh, my current broker. She was there and actually trained me on the new process and the way that they did business. Uh, And since then, she has decided to pursue her love of staging full time and and started to transition out of the real estate field. So I thought it would be great to to hear her story and allow her to share um, any fears or obstacles that she's encountered as she starts to move into this venture, Um, because I think it'll encourage those of you who may be feeling on the verge of something similar, Um, even if it's not real estate related or or in the uh, interior design. Um, we all share a common goal, which is trying to find out what we've been gifted to do and what we've been created to do, and then also overcoming the fear of actually taking that leap and going and trying it. So Susan, welcome. Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Jeff. It's yeah, great no to problem. be here. So why don't we start off? You can just kind of give a, an idea of Stage the Day uh, and how you came up with the idea for it. Um, if you had any... Uh, people who were poo-pooing the idea originally? (laughs) Did you have people who were gung-ho about it and and how Mm -hmm. you kind of made that decision to go full-time into that? So Stage the Day is a home staging company. And so what we do is um, go into a homeowner's house and create a a picturesque or a model-like home to get it ready for buyers to walk through the front door. And the idea behind that is to depersonalize it, um, show the function of the space. So setting the furniture up a certain way to showcase a certain feature of a particular room, um, the flow of that space so that, you know, one room easily flows into the next and just creates a place where a buyer sees themselves living. So it's um, something that's been going on for a very long time, probably the last 20 years or so, but it's become more popular and probably in the last 10 years, especially when the market kind of tanked back in mm-hmm. 2008 and people were having more trouble selling their houses. So now you need to do whatever you can to show that home in its best light versus just you know put a for sale sign in the yard and let somebody come through and figure out how they're going to make that space their own. So the fun part of staging, however, is you know working with the homeowner and mm-hmm. trying to make the house just a, as welcoming for that buyer as you possibly can. Now, for me as a real estate agent, I know that one of the attractive pieces of having a stager is having that uh, independent third party come in and be able to say some things. And I'm sure you probably have stories about this, Mm -hmm. but for some reason, even though the client is hiring the real estate agent for their expertise, oftentimes they don't like to hear what's being said about their particular home, about marketing it in a perfect light, you know, and also make it still a livable space because most people are there. Um, so have you had any, uh, have you found it having been in real estate and doing that before you Mm -hmm. were officially the stager, Mm -hmm. have you found that that obstacle is easier to overcome now that you're considered a stager and an expert in that specific area versus when you were just the real estate agent giving them suggestions? Mm -hmm. Um, for me, it probably is 
equally the same because oh, really? um, okay. I feel like I have a very tactful way of speaking with a client. Something I, I probably don't have. Yeah. <laughs> well, I should say a given day yeah. I have yeah. a tactful way of speaking with a client. But um, I am good at matching their communication style so that I can good. explain to them in a sort of a non-emotional way why we need to take that beautiful wallpaper down that they've yeah. had since 1972. Yeah. And, um, you know, maybe why we might want to recover that lime green sofa. Although, you know, lime green's kind of back in again. But Yeah, as long as it's a neutral room and you have that nice pop. Right. <laughs> that's but usually it, an Ikea catalog. Yeah, that's what you see. There you, yeah. there you go. Right. So, But it's really more about, like, the um, the smells yeah. and those sort of things that maybe they don't even notice anymore. Yeah. Maybe they were a smoker and quit and just... it. You know, it sticks with them, but they don't smell it. Or they have pets, and they, you don't notice the smell because that's what you live with every day. But as soon as the buyer walks in the home, they're going to notice those things. So, And that can be a big turnoff. Mm -hmm. So we need to bring that down to a normal level through various techniques. And so I can kind of save face for the realtor by bringing in an unbiased opinion mm -hmm. about such things and talk to them in a non-emotional way so that they understand that we, we are all on the same page. We're trying to help them sell their house, hope they get the most money they can for it. And that's what staging does, brings them up to 17% more of their sale price versus wow. not staging. And we do it in a quicker amount of time. So you're spending on average 11 days on the market versus in some markets, what could be 30. Although, you know, spring market, it's been crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so things are selling very quickly in multiple offers. And but we're still staging houses, and part of that is the part of those multiple offers is because we stage and make yeah. it look fantastic. Yeah. So, um, is it once you do your, uh, you come in and you're hired and you do what you uh, have been gifted in doing? Uh, do you stay in touch with the seller uh, as far as like how do you then, I guess, gain the return of the work that you've done? Mm -hmm. I mean, outside of financially, but more of like, how are you able to get a feel for like, okay, like you, you track, okay, this house, I staged it and it sold in 12 days. You know, like, do you stay on top of that stuff or is it more like up to the realtor to kind of just keep you in the loop? Or do you have like a process that you put in place as far as how you keep track of how effective your staging is. I do track on the MLS. Mm -hmm. I'm still a member. Yeah. I have, you know, I still have my real estate license. So I um, go online and see how quickly they sell, but I do keep in touch with the realtor because there's only so much you can see in those yeah. numbers online. Yeah. So I want to know what happened behind those numbers and how it got there. So, you know, you might see seven days on the market, but that's because they were looking over five different offers and yeah. it took it that long to go under mm -hmm. contract. So that's the kind of, insider information that I like to know. So I do follow up with the realtor. If the realtor is the person who hired me yeah. and sort of figure out what those numbers are. And then I do track those, um, in terms of keeping in touch, you know, with my clients, I do feel like I build a relationship with them. I'm in their home for yeah. a few hours and sometimes it's three hours, sometimes it's six hours. And I like them to come with me into each room and show them how each room could look. So I like to get to know them a little bit. It's hard to move their things around without letting them feel like you're interested in them. Yeah, you know, exactly you want right. them to be open to what you want to do and buy in to what you're trying to create so that they're comfortable. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that the, the personal attachment to a lot of the things, if they feel that you're appreciating that and understanding that they'll feel that you're going to, even though you may not be keeping that item in the room, or, or focusing on the item that they focus on in the room, that you still appreciate it 
right. for what it means to them. And right. I'm sure that goes a long way. Yeah, we do have a well. lot of conversations like that. Of, yeah. You know, oh, this is a really cool piece. Where did you get it? And it's yeah. in- inspiring sometimes, the stories that come out of just asking a quick little question. I had a client one time that her fi- father c- collected lots of Indian artifacts, like Native American Indian artifacts. Oh, and wow. she was trying to create a collection out of them, but didn't know how to display them. And so we took as much as we could without it being completely overwhelming to the eye and used her book ca- bookcases, her bookshelves, and added some books, added the artifacts, and ne- then it allowed her to see all those things that had been hidden away in boxes and yet created a nice little space so every time she walked by she could think of her father and appreciate his collection and something that she loved too. Yeah, that's a that's a cool idea because I think a lot of people don't they don't know how to do it or maybe they don't one thing I've noticed is when somebody does something you're like, "Oh, like like why didn't I why think didn't of that?" Yeah, that? like that's, like, what... that's like it seems so like one plus one equals two. Mm-hmm. Like when somebody who has the expertise comes in and does it, you're like, oh, I could have done that. But mm-hmm. you just, you need that person that is not attached, essentially. You know what I mean? That isn't seeing it the same way. Right. Um, so as far as obviously you work with houses that are being prepared for sale, mm-hmm. uh, does your business also incorporate just interior design when people want to... Um, you know, if you would offer your services to people who just need a fresh take on their house and they they plan on living there forever, but they need mm-hmm. that ex, you know, that outside opinion to come in and bring a new, what are they, feng shui or, or whatever, right. you know, bring like a fresh feel to it, a mm-hmm. professional opinion to it. Is that something that your business also does? Or is Absolutely. Or in the real estate? Absolutely. And it comes up quite a bit because um, <clears throat> if I'm working with the seller to get their property ship shape for, yeah. you know, their first showing there and they see what I do, they're like, Oh, can you come to my new house and help me with that? I <laughs> really great. need some help. So, I mean, absolutely. I'm, I can help with the design. I can help pick out um, colors for the wall, you know, sofas, flooring, that sort of thing. Um, but the fun part is really just working with, it, with what they already have yeah. and putting it in a way that, like you said before, they wouldn't have thought of. Yeah. And you put it and they're like, oh, why didn't I think of that? It looks so great like that. And it makes the space feel bigger or it makes it flow a little bit differently than I had ever imagined it could. So we do the same thing in a house that they're moving into, or if they just want to do one room, I'm working with a client right now that they wanted to redo their family room. They're like, I need help. I, I don't know how to make a decision. I don't even know where to start with paint color. I don't know where to start with flooring. And so I've been helping her pick out the flooring and the sofa and the wall color and it's all coming together. So it's fun. And I feel like it's, For someone who enjoys that or feels like that, it's probably nice to kind of be able to meet that own need that you have, that creative outlet, <clears throat> without having to redo your own house every time you get the urge to do it or whatever. You know, yes. like it kind of allows you to play without having to have your own home be an upheaval over every six months when you feel like you want a fresh look or something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, we do that too, and yeah. much to my husband's chagrin, but yeah. um, I'm I'm constantly looking around if I could move furniture or paint something different, but um, yeah, it's definitely saving him money by me yeah. working with other people to do it. Yeah, I wish, I, I, in hindsight, I probably should have had my wife come and interview you because she is very, she loves style, and she has had people say to her, like, oh, you should come, like, my mother-in-law, uh, my mother, her mother-in-law, like has has said, like, oh, like I would love for you to to give me some ideas on my 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 guest bedroom and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like because she just has a, an eye for it, and I love it. Like I when I look at, you know, when, <laughs> personally when I'm looking in the MLS, 
I can tell. I'm like, okay, this home was staged because mm-hmm. it just looks like it looks like a catalog. Like you open it up, right. and it's just like amazing. And I'm sure, as you know, and and for anybody who's listening, just go on uh, any real estate website, you can see the difference between a staged home and a home where they the realtor was lazy and took pictures with their iPhone. Um, that's right. And, and there's actually, I think there's websites that are like, uh, I forget what it's called, but like list terrible mm-hmm. listing photos. Like you can just, <laughs> if you Google search terrible real estate listing photos, you would just laugh. I mean, there's cats like just everywhere in a photo. There's dirty mm-hmm. laundry everywhere. They leave the toilet seats up, just all those things. And people don't think about that until their house is sitting three, four months, five months. And you know, I, it's not something I can do, but I, there's sometimes I just want to contact the, even if they don't work with me, I want to contact them and say, you need to tell your realtor to get better pictures because my clients are not going to come see your house right. because solely because of the pictures. And I because would argue, the, you know, I would argue they're more important than the staging, quite yeah. honestly. Oh, sure. Yeah. That's, I mean, everything's <clears throat> on the internet. So that's where everyone is getting their first impression and that's where they decide whether or not they're going to make an appointment to go view that home or not. Yeah. I would say so. like you had mentioned that the advent of staging kind of becoming in the forefront <clears throat> is coupled with the, the increase in people. I mean, people start their home search on the internet now, so mm-hmm. everything is visual. Whereas before you would talk to your realtor, your realtor would find listings that he thought met your needs and then he would take you around and that would be the first time you would see these houses. Right Now you're ruling out houses from your desktop or mm-hmm. from your phone yep. before you even really read about it. You just see the pictures and you're like, no, <laughs> you right. know? And so all the more important to not only have good pictures, but to make sure that, cause you can have the best pictures in the world, but if, if there's nothing to work with as far as what the house actually looks like, then that's when the staging is important, I think. Um, so tell me about how you came up with the idea of Stage of the Day. And, you know, did you have anybody who was really pushing you to kind of go that way? Or was it more an internal wrestling that you're like, I want to do this? Or was somebody saying, you need to do this? How did that work? It was more my internal self saying you're good at this you love it like why not go do something that you love and you know for years people would always say to me well what's your passion just do your passion and I could never answer that question like I couldn't just say oh I love writing or I love staging or I love real estate like I enjoy all of those things but it wasn't something that you know, when I woke up in the morning, I was like, this is fantastic. I love this. Let's go do it. Yeah. So it was probably more of a lot of trial and error. Um, and the, most of it came about through the birth of my son, quite frankly. Um, you know, kids change your life and you don't expect it. But this was more in terms of, well, what am I going to do with my own self now that he's here? I mean, yeah, I'm going to be a mom, but you still need something else in your life to keep you going and fulfill you on a daily basis in addition to being a mom. At least that's how I feel. I'm sure others might disagree. But when he went back, went to school full time, so from, you know, an entire day from out of, outside of um, preschool, I found myself sort of, well, what am I going to, what am I going to do? Like <laughs> I had just moved from Chicago. I had not, I had no intentions of starting my real estate license in Pennsylvania. I just felt like I would, not do anyone a good service by trying to show them houses in an area I didn't know. And driving around was sort of a nightmare. But um, I ended up realizing that my love of real estate really needed to kind of 
be put to good use because it was it was something that was like flowing through my veins and I didn't really realize it. I was trying to ignore it and I just kept coming back to it. So um, I went to work for a small brokerage that helped me sort of keep my finger on the pulse of what was going on in the market. And it reminded me how much I did love it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of came up one day, well, can you stage some houses? I'm like, you know, I can. When I was selling in Chicago, I mean, I sold there for 11 years and I would stage my own houses. And I was known in that community as when I brought on a new listing of having a Susan Hirano house. Oh, really? So they all That's knew. Good, yeah. yeah. When I had a listing, they'd say, well, we have to go see it because we know what kind of homes she brings on the market. She has her sellers present the home in a way that all the buyers want to get in there and see how great it looks. It also creates a sense in their mind that if the home looks that good, that the homeowner is also maintaining it well. Mm-hmm. And that speaks volumes. Totally true. Yep. So... As I continued down the path of staging home after home for them and then doing some other odd jobs here and there, such as the training that you mentioned before, I was realizing that the staging, it just, it just kept coming back to that. I mean, the training was great, and I enjoyed meeting the new people and helping them sort of fly out of the nest, if you mm-hmm. will, but my heart wasn't in it. Yeah. So I'm like, why am I doing this if it's not something that I love? I'm like, I do really love the staging. I'm going to give it a shot. And so I think much to my broker and his partner's chagrin, I think I shocked them. And, you know, I'm like, this is really what I want to do. I want to try it on my own and see how it goes. And Mm -hmm. they were very supportive. It was, you know, kind of a no-brainer for me. And to have them back me felt really good. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I talked to other people and they're like, you can't make a living. There's too many other stagers out there. And you don't have a core group of realtors that you already know that, you know, you can rely upon for business. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to make as much money. You know, what are you going to get a couple hundred dollars here or there for a staging gig? And, you know, you can make so much more money selling real estate. But for me, it wasn't, it wasn't about the money. And mm-hmm. maybe I'm lucky in that regard that I don't have that day-to-day worry. But it was the passion of knowing that that's really what I wanted to do. That's what kept me up at night. Yeah. And so, like, I've just got to try it. And maybe it, maybe it won't work. I don't know. But I've got to give it my all, and I've got to see if I can get it off the ground. Yeah, I mean, that's something that is one of the reasons why I wanted to reach out to you and to several other um, entrepreneurs, business owners, because there's that. I feel like everybody <clears throat> has to get to that point where it's like, if I don't do this, I will regret it yes. for the rest of my life. Yes. Even if it doesn't, it's not that if I don't do this and succeed... It's, I just need to do it. You know, like I I can't live another day without, because then you can always say like, I gave it my best shot and it was moderately successful or it it led to something else that was ultimately the the end goal. And that's another thing I I, I think is important is that when we take big leaps like this, we only can go with the information that we have at the time. Mm -hmm. So for me, the goal, and just not to, to hijack the story, but one thing that as you were speaking, it just reminds me of my own story. And everybody who's listening is like, enough of your story. We've heard it. But <clears throat> I knew that what I was doing was not what I was supposed to do. I didn't have a clear understanding of what I wanted to do. Like, I didn't have that, like, this is what I want to do. If someone would ask me, like, when you said that, it was exactly the same. Like, I, and I actually, that was what the last episode was about, was like, I was just dabbling in so many different areas. Um, and you know, I had like this job and this volunteer task and this creative outlet and this, and it was just, I wasn't giving a hundred percent to any of them mm-hmm. it, to, on the outside. People wouldn't 
guess because I was making them work. You know, it was it was uh, staying afloat, I guess. But it wasn't like the thing that got me out of bed every morning. Mm-hmm. So it was like, how do I find that? Well, I knew that staying where I was was not going to allow me to get to where uh, I needed to be. But I knew that real estate, uh, for instance, was an avenue where I could make some money. I could work for myself while figuring out what I wanted to do. And it was it seemed like... I could bet on myself in real estate because again, you're not selling a product. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not, it's not like you are basically like you had said with stagers, the real estate competition is insane. I mean, my previous broker themselves had over a hundred thousand agents in America or, and they're international now. So it's like, okay, I'm just competing against a hundred thousand people in my own brokerage across the country. Obviously I'm only working in Pennsylvania, but you know, however many real estate brokerages, so you have to put the, you have to bet on yourself and, and know that there's something that you're offering that's going to be different than what everybody else is doing. And that's, um, it's making yourself stand out. I think it's important. And I think uh, that's encouraging to hear you say that because um, that's part of what the whole idea behind the podcast is, is like not getting to know people who, and all their cool, successful tips and tricks or how to, you know, shortcut the system, which is what everybody wants. They want to listen to a podcast or read a, a blog that's going to give them three steps to a better life or something like that. Right. But you can't get to that. And, and, and I think if that's your definition of success, it's flawed. I think success is living authentically to who you are, finding out what you're supposed to be doing and being generous with your time, your talent, your treasure and then you build a community of like-minded people around you. And that's when people can actually affect change. Um, so I, I totally get what you're saying. And, and it's cool that you had some of those initial people who knew what you could do. Because I, I find that people who doubt usually are people that have no business or you know, no uh, dog in the fight, I guess. You know, like, mm-hmm. So it, it's important that you surround yourself with like-minded people. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast is to continue to network with those people that think like I do in that, like, you got over that initial fear and you took the leap. And now we can all come alongside each other and encourage each other to keep going when the going gets tough. And when you hit those obstacles and you hear those voices um, telling you, like, what have you done? You know, like, that's what it's cool about, you know, and I'm excited. Hopefully, you know, as more people are on, we can kind of connect with the past guests and and if we can continue to make those connections um with the other local entrepreneurs and we're in montgomery county pennsylvania but um who knows the reach that we could have um as a network you know and and helping each other and supporting each other especially when things get tough um so why don't you uh tell everybody what you're uh you know you you mentioned that you moved from chicago um so the important thing is that idea of starting from really scratch, like you don't have a built-in network. So how are you, are you getting your business mostly from the connections of real estate agents that you have, or do you do a lot of uh, direct contact with clients before a real estate agency even involved? How do you, how do you go about trying to attract business? It's primarily through realtors, but mm-hmm. also my target audience is um, homeowners in addition to the realtors. So I have a Facebook page and, you know, continue to try to get more followers there. I have a blog, um, you know, I have a website, LinkedIn, um, 
But it is mostly about networking. So that's the coolest part, I think, because for me it's it's the relationships as well as the creativity. So it's building that customer base and um, among friends, if you will. So I'm out every week on caravans, which are on Mondays here. So that's sort of your own offices, listings that are open for other brokers and realtors to come and, and view. And then on Tuesdays, our broker tour days. So mm-hmm. I'm out both days of the week trying to meet new realtors. I go to the open houses of the um, agents in my office to show my support for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like I said, I do try to go meet new people. And it's also a way for me to keep my finger on the pulse of the market, like I had mentioned before. I mean, I am still interested in real estate, and there Mm -hmm. may come a time when I have someone that does want me to list their house. And I'm not closed off to that, um, but I also want to make sure that I'm keeping abreast of the market so that I'm knowledgeable enough of what's going on to be able to help them and service them the way that I want to. Mm. And that's with, you know, great customer service and market knowledge. So. So I kind of do a little bit of both, but it is all about the networking. Um, and it's keeping in touch with people that you meet outside of the real estate world, too. So if you know, you're know you out to dinner and you meet somebody new, you let them know what you're doing. If you meet somebody new at church, I mean, I try to get involved there as well mm-hmm. and um, understand their business and mm-hmm. you know just see how we can help each other. So it's not always about, well, what can I offer you, but how can I help them? I mean, I'm in the real estate world. I have mm-hmm. lots of people who have lots of needs, and I might have a client sometime that could help them, and I'd like to be able to refer business to that person as well. So um, we did the um, Montgomery County happening list, the big bash that was last week. So I don't have you heard about the – I've seen on different businesses where it says voted most happening or whatever, you know, like yeah. they have the logo, but I've never – really pursued it or looked into what it really means or what it is. But I heard that you, you guys were recognized in that. Yeah. So I came in number two. Wow. Um, there, are, I think in what, in what, in the staging industry or how does it work? You know, how is it categorized? So it was, um, design interior decorating. Oh, wow. Um, and they have tons of different categories. So it's anything from, you know, your gym, different gym you go to yoga, um, maybe your dentist or doctor or landscaping or, um, restaurants. I mean, it was the gamut of whatever businesses are out there. So it basically was, you get nominated to see, you know, who the favorites are. And then you solicit your friends and everybody, you know, to say, you know, I'm part of this category. There's like 11 other people in my category. Can you vote for me? You know, give me a testimonial, let them know that you think I'm doing a great job and whoever gets the most votes wins. And I, got second. So I was wow. really proud of that. I mean, my business is new. Yeah. I just started in January and to come in number two out of all these different interior design wow. people was, um, quite an honor. So, and it's fun to, again, you're networking with other people. When you go to the events, you yeah. meet someone, you know, who's a child psychologist or wow. a social worker mm-hmm. or someone who runs their own gym. And, you know, it's just fun to see how you can help each other. Yeah, I think um, you know something I had with the my first guest was um, Marianne Lynch from Habitat for Humanity. Part of what I do with my real estate business is I want people to understand that I'm not trying. Oh, actually, that makes me think about something you had said uh, when you said it. It wasn't about the money for you to do this, which um, I think is the best motivation to because I feel like you're setting yourself up to fail if money is the end goal. Because then you start to panic and you start to feel that 
pressure. So I, I always encourage people, if you can find a way to start doing the thing that you love without jumping ship mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and building it from, you know, even if it's just uh, setting aside a block of time every day, prioritizing your dream, you know, even if you can't say like, oh, I have 40 hours a week to work on it, you can start to do that. Um, I think you end up, it, be, it keeps the passion going because it doesn't be, once you're, your goal is money, it becomes a job as opposed to a calling or a purpose or a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it, you know, I, getting into real estate, I saw it as an opportunity and, and probably most people were like, why aren't you going part-time first? Like, why are you quitting your job and cashing in your 401k and doing all these things? But for me, it made sense. Um, my wife went through the same thing that you did where, um, you know, she was, home with our kids and then our both our kids were of school age and she was a school teacher that's her background so she was like what am I going to do like I, and she got the itch to go back to teaching and now she's a preschool director so she works full time so that her getting to fulfill her dream which she had wanted to teach since she was eight years old and being able to go back to that actually was the catalyst for me saying I need to figure out what my dream is because I was never really afforded that opportunity mm-hmm. so it was really encouraging I mean not that she makes enough to provide for our family by herself, but through the different creative things of, you know, I'm a musician, I'm an actor, I do all these different things. I was like, okay, how can I get out there and start to pursue these things and still have income, you know, and without just having no net underneath me. So I think that's really encouraging. And I think oftentimes people, they, because they think of so much about the money aspect of the, the thing, whatever it is, their dream that, that is the the number one obstacle is that like, well, I can't quit my job and do this. So I might as well never even think about it again. Um, there's a book that I read and I referenced on the podcast. It's called Quitter. And it's all about basically bridging the gap between your day job and your dream job. And it basically says like, start making the best use of your time outside of work for your dream. Uh, don't just think you have to quit. And then because then you're putting too much pressure on your dream to succeed and it may not be like we had discussed before. It may open up a door to something else that you never even imagined. But that was the the first step that you needed to take. So anyway, I find it a lot of the things that you said just kind of it's really un uh, what's the word I look for? I, I did not ask you to say them, but they really confirmed some other things that we've talked about on the podcast, which is really encouraging. Like <laughs> to see that people, even though the details of the story and the journey are different there are common threads right, the that basis. get yeah, the heart behind it, the, the thought process behind it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty cool. So, um, before well, we wrap up, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just, yeah. gonna, I mean, you, you are clearly a, a faith based person. Mm-hmm. I know that from meeting you and yeah. listening to your podcast and, and that sort of thing. And there's always been something in my husband's family that it's when you need it, the money will come. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a faith in, in God, if you will, yeah. or just in the fact that humanity will provide for you if need be. But mm-hmm. sometimes that comes true. I've seen that with yeah. my husband's family, and I, I believe in that myself. Yeah. So sometimes you do have to take that leap of faith, even even if you have to make some sacrifices along the way to make that dream happen. It's, it's worth it. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I think that, that kind of, again, sums up the whole idea behind this is, um, you know, putting the needs of others ahead of yourself and Mm -hmm. it will come back to you. Mm -hmm. Like, because not only if if you're being transparent with people, which is the whole real person thing, being authentic, not 
becoming, uh, you know, that overly fake and salesy person and pushy and, and driving people away. But if you're just true to who you are, mm-hmm. that, that engages people, that attracts people. Uh, and then if you're being generous yourself with what you're doing, then, you know, that's going to come back. And it, you build a community of like-minded people so that they're there when you, if you come on hard times, because you invested in them, they're going to return the favor. Exactly. You know, ultimately, I think that that sums up the whole idea behind uh, the movement I'm hoping to create and uh, and hopefully, you know, continue to find like-minded people like yourself mm-hmm. uh, to do that. So why don't we, uh, why don't you once again, give people the information on how they can get in touch with you if they want to know more about Stage the Day and uh, how they can get in touch with you if they'd like to take advantage of your services. Mm-hmm. My website is stagetheday.com. You can email me at susan at stage the day. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Facebook, Susan Hirano, or um, I think if you check out Facebook slash Stage the Day, you can find my website there or my Facebook page there. Um, and that's it. So check me out. Give me a call. Send me to your realtors. If you are <laughs> uncomfortable as a homeowner reaching out to me yourself, you're not quite sure what I do, tell your realtor to call me. Um, I'm affordable. It's not thousands and thousands of dollars like some people lead you to believe, but yeah. um, I'm going to use your stuff and create a comfortable home for you while you're still living there, but yet trying to sell it. And we're going to show a buyer how functional it is and beautiful. And we're going to sell it quick for you for more money than you might think. That's awesome. And that's a key point that you brought up is that I think the misconception is that people are going to come in and tear their house apart and make it that they have to live like with booties on all the time. You know, they can't like <laughs> live in their house, you know, or they right. have to put plastic on all the furniture, but that's not like you said, it's, not it. it's about maximizing what's already there, right. um, which is great. And that also makes it more affordable mm-hmm. for, for people. So also uh, Susan's information will be on my website. Uh, when you look at this episode, I'll make sure I have her website, her contact information included with it as well. So any last thoughts, anything? I know we probably didn't hit on everything that we said we were going to, but I felt like it kind of wrapped up very neatly. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. any last things that you wanted to share about your journey and or encouraging words for anybody else who may be in the same boat that you found yourself about you know, on the verge of something new? I would say just if you're not sure of what your passion is, just go out there and try something new. You have to be uncomfortable <laughs> in order to know whether or not you can do it. And if you're not uncomfortable, then it's not the right thing for you. Yeah. That's a good point. Cause if you're comfortable, you, you that's how you can become stagnant. Yeah. You know, there's nothing driving you. Um, you know, there's no, uh, coal being crushed into diamonds as mm-hmm. they say. So, uh, right. Right. And it's it cliche, to, but yeah. love what you do. Yeah. It, it'll keep a smile on your face and it won't become a job like you mentioned before. Yeah. And so. if you're, if you're out there and you feel like you're in a job, but there's things that you're passionate about, you know, if you have to turn off Netflix or, or, or disconnect from something so that you can block out that time to start to feed that dream, that passion, then I encourage you to do that. Um, you, you'll be amazed at what it does for you. So I think that's it. Susan, thank you so much for your time. Again, check out stagetheday.com, Susan Hirano. Um, I'm sure we'll be hearing much more about her success in the coming months and years, and we wish her the best of luck. Thanks, Thanks for Susan. having me. Yeah, no problem. So thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music to the podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes. Send me an email, jeff at realpersonrealneeds.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening and Godspeed. <laughs>